2: you're listening to a day of prayers morning bible study we are so glad that you can join us this morning as we begin to discuss the word but before we begin let us open up in prayer lord we just thank you for today lord we just thank you for the grace and the mercy that you have given us lord we just thank you for the joy that you have put in our lives lord and lord we also just thank you that you have given us the opportunity to share these things that you have given us with others lord and to draw them closer to you lord And Lord, I also just thank you that you have given us those around us to help us walk and strengthen you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In
1: Jesus' almighty name, amen. amen.
0: And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us. So we continue our study in the book of Ephesians. Now, this morning, we are going to continue our discussion in chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. So if you're just joining us for the first time and or you are rejoining us, we want to encourage both of you to pause the episode now and read that section of scripture just to make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now the floor is open for each of you to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and
2: to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? I would. What the Lord was sharing with me was that um, I just now noticed it, but you see in verse 3 that Paul ends it by saying that, and we were nature children of wrath, just as the others. And the Lord was just pointing out the significance about that, meaning that most times when we hear him talk about it, he um, says we were sons of disobedience or sons of wickedness and stuff like that. But the Lord made a point to reference wrath in this verse. And the Lord was also reminding me of, At times I get angry. I I can admit it. (laughs) And how the Lord had to remind me, and not too often nowadays, but he used to have to remind me about being angry all the time and getting angry and letting my flesh get control of me and doing stuff that I would normally not do because I was angry. Mm -hmm. And the Lord told me about it often, and sometimes I would listen for a couple of days, and then I revert back to what I normally did, and how what the Lord was show me in this he's talking about also not he's not only referencing being angry with other people, but being angry with God. Meaning that we say we blame him for what's occurring in our lives and what we heaped up for ourselves and claiming that he is the reason behind it. And we wonder why he's not dealing with it essentially not taking care of it and giving us grace so we can make it through it so we can just continue as we have been and we get angry with the lord about that and we ask him why and how paul was making that a a prevalent point because this is um one of the things that is the greatest hindrance in our walk most times when we see people who fall away is because they become embittered in their hearts towards god they don't think he um caring for them or doing what he's supposed to do and they go off into their own means and their own wickedness and how with us we have to be careful about guarding ourselves ahead of this and taking care of it before it has a chance to have root in our lives and dealing with it and what's that the um paul through the lord through paul i should say begins to describe how we do that and the later verses that he has given us grace and mercy, but it's not to be abused. Mm. And for me, that was at times what I got angry about was that I wasn't receiving the grace that I no longer should have been receiving. And I got angry because I thought I should deserve more grace because I felt my name was LaCharles and I automatically (laughs) deserve more grace because of that. Hmm. And how with the Lord, that's not what he looks at. He doesn't look at, Oh, I gave you five grams of grace, so now I'm going to give you five grams of grace. He gives each of us as we need, meaning that he doesn't have a set measurement for each and every one of us, something that the Lord also had to remind me because I'd say, Lord, you did that for that person. They're clearly wicked. And how I try to say, I'm not nearly as bad as that, Lord, so surely you can sprinkle a couple more grams of grace over here. And how we have to realize that the Lord is doing it as he wills because he knows what each of us needs so we can get to him.
1: Mm-hmm. You remember, we talked about in verse 10, that he prepared, a destiny for you, mm-hmm. a life and good works that you should walk in. That also means the grace that's been given to you is to support you through that life. Right. And, and, and to help you find your way back or find your way to that life, but it's made for the life he put before you. It's not made for the life that he put before someone else you don't get their grace you get the grace that god gave to you um and we don't have a an entitlement to god's grace we don't get yes. to go snatch it off of god you know we frisk him in the alley or you know mug him and snatch his grace off like you going to give me grace on this lord i you going to give it to me it's his grace to give it's not our grace to to snatch or demand or take right it's a, a g i f t don't forget that. <laughs> Don't make any mistakes about it. It's not an entitlement.
0: And why did that gift come?
1: Because of his great love.
0: And there it is in verse four, All right, Who's rich in mercy because of his great love which which he loved
1: us. It's because of his goodness, but it's not because of you're your owed it. You have a right to it as in to go, I I expect grace on this. I don't want you to add grace over here, Lord. That's not where I think it should go, but I'm gonna have, I'm gonna sin to the utmost right here. And I just need you to keep me from dying so I can make sure I fully finish that sin and get it out of my system and enjoy it as much as I can. And then, right, because that's a lie from the pit of hell that sin is enjoyable. It's not, it's absolutely not. And it produces nothing but death, but because of the the blindness of the mind and the conditioning of the world mindset, We've been taught to think that sin is fun, even though it only produces death, even though that's only the outcome that's possible from sin. That's how we think about it in our mind. And then we want to, as you said, get angry with God because he didn't remove the consequence of our folly or um, the consequence of our continual sin. He didn't keep us from from that consequence when sin only produces death. Then we want to get mad at God. But when we think it's something good, his name is nowhere in the thank you, his nowhere is his his there's no recognition that God did any good. I did the good. But then when there's consequence coming, God, you should have taken care of that. You're bad. What? That doesn't make any sense and that's not right. So I'm glad that you're talking the Lord is helping you mature through that and Amen. You, you're seeing the, the life of God on that because that's an important step yeah, for your For, to walk for with all him. of us. For all of us, but it's a step in maturity and going, oh, I am wrong. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry, God. I am absolutely wrong in this. You're not doing anything wrong. You've only done good and good that you didn't have to do. Yes. He doesn't owe us to be good to us. He's good because he's good. That's who he is, and he doesn't deny himself, and his goodness is not stupidity. It's not naivete. He's not gullible. Right, His goodness doesn't mean that you can just run an okie doke scam on God and he is just going to go, okay, I just want you to like me. No, he's right. He's righteous and He's just. I know, that's why like I'm going be a little rough today, aren't I? Well, but. No, that's, that's just
0: <laughs> It's an important thing for us all to understand about the Lord. And I know you said a difficult thing that I'm sure many of the listeners are even going, well, how can you blame God? Well, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You see it in, in the daily lives when you understand what it is and i I mean whether it's your daily life or the lives of Mm -hmm. your life and and observation experience what's happening around you as well as movies and and all the other media outlets that we that we see And and it looks like this right and even in unbelievers there's no mention of the lord or anything in their life whatsoever but all of a sudden something bad happens and then what's the response
1: how could a good God let that happen? And or pardon my voices, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's one of those voices, huh? It is okay.
0: So it's either that, or then they start cursing the Lord,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Profaning His name. Okay, all right. So that's what that looks like. And and wait, it's not just in the lives of unbelievers; mm-hmm. it's in the lives of those that profess Christ themselves right
3: mm-hmm. Let's. Yes.
0: i mean we take a short trip back to ezekiel and you can look at both chapter 18 and chapters 33 or chapters 18 and 33 right it said in their constant the lord is literally dealing with his own people
1: telling them that they say he's not fair but <laughs> right they're yeah. the ones that aren't fair
0: it's exactly it uh verse 8 verse 25 ezekiel 18 25 yet you say actually we'll back up i'll read verse 24 as well right But if a righteous man turns from his righteousness and practices iniquity, committing the same abominations of the wicked, or as the wicked, will he live? None of the righteous acts he did will be remembered because of the unfaithfulness and sin he has committed. He will die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just, or it's not right, depending on your translation.
1: Mine says not fair. Okay,
0: Not there you go, or not fair, mm-hmm. but same, same, right? And then he continues and says, Hear now, o house of Israel, is it my way that is unjust? Is it not your ways that are unjust? So getting a right perspective on that, people blame the Lord all the time, which is then why we need to forgive the Lord, as well as ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm
1: not forgiving him because he's done anything wrong but because there's odd in your heart against him you've exactly. applied blame to God and not sh-
0: holding him rightly
1: exactly and you know like sometimes you find that it happens without you consciously going, Lord, I've, I'm mad at you or something like that. You may not say that out of your mouth, but it doesn't change that the culmination of what you're doing equals this is what you're saying to God and what you're feeling about him. And when you find that that's the case, that's an a honest heart examination. And you might get mad because we're saying this, but it's the truth. It's honest examination to go, okay, I am upset with you, Lord. Um, likely Charles, you would, you admitted that you would get upset with God. I'm mad that you for doing this God, because I thought I should get more grace on this and you didn't give it to me or, you know what I mean? Like you didn't help me out in the way i wanted you to in this situation. So I'm, I'm upset with you. I'm mad at you about this and forgiveness doesn't mean that anyone is, um, it's right to blame anyone. It means that you're releasing something in your heart that you were holding against them. You can have ought against inanimate objects. You can have aught against God. You can people have aught against people that things. you have actually wronged. You're mad at them because you did them wrong and they had the nerve to say something back to you about it. I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> the human heart and the human emotions don't make sense. The human emotions make no sense at all. And they're purely selfish in the, in the motivation. However, if you can be honest before your Lord and Savior and be honest with yourself about you, now you have power to make change. Now you have power to rule over those situations and go, oh, I was upset with you, Lord. I'm sorry. You didn't do anything wrong. And that is forgiveness. And let it go. I forgive you, Lord. I mean, like I forgive that situation. You're not wrong in this. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. That's basic forgiveness. And being able to come before the Lord and release that. Even when it feels like, well, I believed you, Lord, and you didn't show up the way that I wanted. And being uh, slow and unwilling to approach God. Like how David, when the ark, you guys remember it was on the cart? and Yes. yes, Was it Yuza grabbed it? <clears throat> when he should not have been touching it, it shouldn't have been on the ark. David got upset with God over that. He was mad at God. I'm afraid of you, Lord. And, you know, then went away from him and wouldn't bring the ark to himself. Instead of going... We were wrong, but eventually he went back and looked at the word, right? Yes. yes. He searched the scriptures to figure out what happened, because this is not your nature and your character, God. You didn't do anything wrong. You're perfect. So we must have missed something. And then what happened? He found out that they missed something. He found exactly that. I, I, and then he was able, he forgave he the Lord. He had to
0: teach the priests, the Levites. Who should have known better. Who should have known what they had missed so that they could actually bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord back with them.
1: Amen. And so that was reconciliation and restored his relationship with the Lord because David had never been afraid of God before then. He was like, my God is for me. I mean, he was facing giants and winning all these battles and to believe God all the way to being established as king, even over a long, hard and tumultuous journey. But this caused him to put some distance between him and his loving father that he had always known all of his life even from being a little boy out in the field as a shepherd. But then he said, oh, I forget. You're not wrong, God. We were wrong. I'm sorry. And then he went and got the ark, right? And then was yes. on his way with the Lord again, dancing and celebrating before the Lord and and moving down the way. And that's the same thing. That's a basic way to look at that and just understand and go, okay, well, if I'm upset with you, Lord, and I'm afraid to draw near to you because my confidence is disturbed or um, you know, I don't understand something, Instead of being distant from him and going, I can't trust you, Lord. And you may not say, open your lips and say that, but God, he, he's a heart reader. Remember, he's a thoughts and intents reader. That's all he looks at. He understands that, but he still loves you. And he's always waiting for us to come back. So even if you're upset with the Lord, let that go. Forgive. If you're upset with a situation, the way it turned out, forgive and go, Lord, help me to see what needs to be seen. Help me to see the truth because I know you're good. And you love me. And then draw near and return. Come on back.
3: So Charles, did no. you have anything else you want to say?
2: Not at this time. Go ahead, Layla.
3: Something I forgot to mention in the other podcast that we had done. And what else the Lord was showing me was that we often go through life thinking we're waiting for God he's somehow uh slack or slow and he hasn't done his part yet Mm -hmm. and we need him to do his part so then we can do our part and you know move down the road and paul here in ephesians is going no looking again back at verses 11 through 13 god already did his part holy spirit's already doing his part jesus has already done his part we have to respond to his call we have to make that choice again and we have to choose to continue with him Dad and Mama, you tell us all the time, it's it's nice to start something, but who cares if you start something and never finish it?
0: <laughs> what good did that serve anyone? Amen.
3: Amen. If Jesus was like, oh, I started to get on the cross, but
1: <laughs> you no, know, I got distracted by that, you know, the, the legion of angels that took me home, or I got distracted, I got mad at, you know, the person that was trying to attack me, or, I you know, I just didn't, I needed a nap.
0: Try this again later.
1: Right. I started to, to cover your sins, to remove your sins. I started to, you know, send the Holy Spirit. I started to love you. I started to, but eh, it wasn't worth that much for me to finish it. And, we,
0: and that's a very extreme, you know, situation, <laughs> and circumstance.
1: Jesus absolutely had a choice in what he did. And he chose to follow through with the will of the Father and complete the work. He looked for the joy set before him, didn't Amen. pay attention to the shame, the distractions, the, um, the betrayal. Right. He didn't pay attention to any of that stuff. And he looked forward to the joy set before him and finished the work. So he's a finisher. Amen. And uh, a proverb, I think it's proverb says a gift, you know, a gift not given. (laughs) It just references going, I was going to get you a gift, but I forgot. Or I changed my mind. It does you no good if I was going to give you a gift, but failed to do so. And then to tell you about
3: it on top of that is double insult.
1: (laughs) so
3: mm-hmm. and i've heard from various people like smith wigglesworth or zig ziglar and a, a number of uh quote-unquote famous preachers and teachers and a favorite quote of mine is it's better to be excellent at one thing than mediocre at you know pretty much everything else on this planet so we like to um be perfect if you will we some some of us strive for that i know i'm looking for perfection in christ jesus so it's better far better for us to be excellent in love than mediocre and being nice being liked by people again we want to finish that race because when when the when they say the the race is finished there's no more prizes being handed out no more crowns to be handed out so encouraging the listeners and myself to continue on that journey like paul and finish our course in triumph, and finish it and come out, you know, as a champion. Because that's who God called us to be, not...
0: Overcomers and victorious in him. Promise. You going to share something?
4: Well, yes, Dad.
0: All right, let's hear it, sir.
4: Which I always talked about how that we can't try to be making the Lord apply his grace to us and... Mommy, you also talked about how the Lord isn't an okay God, and the Lord especially brought my attention to verse 11 through 13, where it talked about um how how His blood was applied to us,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and the Lord reminded me of how that the Lord doesn't have to earn us trusting Him with His grace, as mm-hmm. in um the Lord didn't have to do enough good works just so He can apply His grace to us. It's His gift. And mommy, as you said, it was his gift to us. It's a free
1: gift Mm -hmm. that Jesus actually earned it. He earned the grace, Mm -hmm. the right to have the grace bestowed. And then he willingly shares it with us because he is, um, this, he is spotless and blameless in all the earth. So he, the name that was given to him, that's highly exalted. He won that he earned it and he, he fulfilled the law in perfection where Adam missed everything, Right he fulfilled all of it giving us all he gathered in all the prizes and that victory that he won he made an open showing of the devil in hell triumphed over all of the sin all of those things and then he said he turned around and said here take it and gave it to us that same grace all the prizes that he won he shared with us go ahead
4: and how that in the charge as you said wait no mommy you said that that grace shouldn't be misused when we're going through life. Absolutely. And then, Lil, you also said how we're supposed to be running our race, but we're not supposed to be running someone else's race, and go, well, Lord, I think this one seems as suited for me, so I'm gonna take the grace you've given me and try that to apply that for that life. Mm-hmm. And while some of them may seem similar to you, your life, it's not your life, and that the Lord's given you the exact amount of grace that you need. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how that goes with God not having to earn up, um, it's not God's privilege to give us grace, as in he has to do something in order to give us the grace.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: How that fits in is that when we look at life, we n- go, well, Lord, you've applied it to Bob, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, Comparing it, ourselves. Mm-hmm. And how we think that the Lord, it's his privilege, well, it is his privilege his and his obligation to do that. Ob- it's his, we don't think it's his obligation
1: to do that. It's a privilege for us to enjoy it, Amen. but not a right. We're not entitled to it. God is not obligated. Obligation means you have a duty or requirement to fulfill something. Otherwise, there's penalty or you've broken a covenant, you've broken a contract, you've broken a law by not doing so. Like debt. Correct. Um, when, you, when you sign a contract and say, you do this and I will do that. If you fulfill to you, if you fail to fulfill the part that you said you would do, you have broken the contract, right? The Lord is the only yes. one that's
0: ever upheld his covenant or contract, or however you want to view that. Period. He's, he's the never only one that failed.
1: Can. Right. So he's not obligated. I think that's the word you're looking for. Go ahead, baby.
4: And how a lot of times we think that the Lord's obligated to give us grace uh-huh. and. As a result, we misuse it and try to apply it to others, as in we try to live their life for them. Uh huh. And how that comes from a wrong perspective of what the Lord is doing for us. And how, if we think that the Lord's obligated to forgive us, then we think that the Lord's an unjust God. Mm-hmm. And how, mm-hmm. um, Dad, talk- you talked about inside of Ezekiel, how that if we think he's an unjust guy we won't fully be able to enter into what the lord has for us we'll keep going well lord you have to earn it for and earn it and think and give it to me because you're obligated mm-hmm. so we think we treat god sometimes
1: like he has to earn our trust <laughs> he has to earn our allegiance like prove yourself god and then we'll we'll see how we feel about believing you accepting you following you walking with you but you got to earn it first right and then we like to try to falsely entitle ourselves to the good you're going to protect me because you're supposed to and you better do it uh you're going to give me grace yeah i know i'm sinning and i know i broke i I broke your word and i saw what it said but i'm going to do it anyway but you're going to forgive me you're going to have mercy on me and if you
0: and i'm not going to experience any consequences or discipline for my actions Mm -hmm. because i'm your child And that's not how that works.
1: No, because it actually says if you don't adhere to discipline, you're not a child. You're Mm. illegitimate. You're not a son in that case. You're a stranger. So um, we are not, I mean, that's a a mishandling and a, a lack of understanding, which again, back to Ephesians chapter one for just a moment, he wanted the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened so they could get this whole picture, which includes both sides of it, what what the good is that God has done and how precious and valuable it is, but also how we should walk with him and receive it. Not no longer in disobedient entitlement, ungodly, unthankful and rebellious behavior, but humble and grateful appreciative of the pure gift, pure mercy, pure blessing, pure grace that has been bestowed upon us at us at the cost of someone else's life someone else's blood and not just anybody it's not just any old old person but the sinless perfect son of God himself came and died and shed his blood for our sins after all the wrong we had done to him and have continued to do in various capacities but he yet died for us while we weren't worth his effort he died for us because he sees us as He means for us to be as he created us to be. That's how much he loves us, just as much as he loves Jesus. Amen. Do you have something else, sweetheart? No, mommy, that was it.
0: Good. Let's pause there for today with that, because there's there's a lot for us to, I'll say, take in and consider and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. And clearly there's there's choices and decisions to make on who we're going to serve and how we're going to walk in and with the Lord okay
3: okay so with
0: that can i get a volunteer to close us out in prayer please i will all right Layla.
3: lord we thank you for today and we thank you for the revelation that you bestowed upon us lord that your your lavish grace and your mercy god and we thank you for giving us the ability to to extend that to others god that they would understand lord and that they would grow and mature in you god We thank you for all your goodness towards us, Lord, and your faithfulness for keeping your covenant and making it with us in the first place, God. We thank you for all that you have done for us, for our partners and our listeners and their families, Lord, their aunts and uncles and children and fathers and all that's connected to them, Lord. we ask that you'll continue to bless it and protect it and cause it to grow and multiply. And we thank you for it, Lord, and we take it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus'
0: name
4: we pray, amen.
0: And amen. We love you God bless you. have a wonderful day.
4: Want to know more about a day of prayer?
3: Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website adayofprayer.org.
2: Click on Connect in the mini bar and complete the form.
3: Be
1: sure to check the box that says "Subscribe.